Phi Sigma Epsilon podcast, where we bring you a business advantage for life in the time that it takes to walk to class or drive to work. Hey, everyone. My name is Kristen Pearson, and I am from the Phi Sigma Epsilon National Headquarters. And my name is Blake Cortez, and I'm the Collegiate Vice President and member of the Gamma Gamma Chapter at Miami University. So today we have a special guest that has been to a few PSC meetings, and we'll get into that. But first, I want to introduce everyone to TJ Sullivan. Hey, TJ. Hey, how's it going, Kristen? Hi, Blake. Everything's going great. Um, so first, where are, you, where are you at and where are we uh, hearing you from? Well, I'm in Colorado uh, at home uh, in Colorado where it's a beautiful sunny day, uh, which means it'll probably be snowing about eight inches in about two hours. That's the way it <laughs> Classic February. <laughs> yeah, all the way to April in Colorado. So we never know when it's going to be, you know, suntan weather or ski, uh, skiing weather here. So we're, <laughs> today we're having a beautiful day. Perfect. So um, for those that don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. I've been a professional college speaker since 1992, so pretty much since the dawn of time. Uh, and I've been, uh, I, I came to know PSC a few years ago after my book, Motivating the Middle, came out. Uh, and uh, somebody at PSC found the book and thought there was a good message there and invited me to come to an event. I think I've been to, oh gosh, three or four uh, conferences for PSC over the years now, uh, a couple presidents' retreats and it's always been a really great experience. I always love a hungry audience that really wants to know good strategies for motivating people and managing people and working with customers and those sort of things. So um, it's been a lot of fun. You mentioned your book, Motivating the Middle. What was kind of the idea behind, like the inspiration behind writing your book? Sure. So there were a couple of inspirations. One was the fact that I had been speaking for almost 30 years and I never wrote a book. And a lot of my friends who were speakers kept nagging me to write a book. And finally, I decided to just do it so they would leave me alone. Um, <laughs> my, my target audience has always been college students. And my reasoning was always that college students don't need another, another damn book to read. So I never wrote a book. But uh, a friend of mine bribed me with a uh, a promise to give a, a couple thousand dollars to a Beagle rescue charity if I, uh, if I would write a book. So I thought that was good enough motivation for me. So that was one part of it. But in terms of the content, I was motivated by the fact that my oldest son, Isaiah, was uh, going through high school at the time. And um, he was going to a pretty small school, had a small senior class, and never was stepping up to do anything leadership-wise. And I as someone who my entire life has been involved and very much a top third, highly involved type of member, I was, um, I was chastising him for never stepping up and never doing anything. And he said to me, dad, you know, not everybody who leads needs to be in a leadership position. And that kind of stuck with me. And I realized that we do have sort of a prejudice in the uh, student activities world, the leadership world, that only the people who are the most highly engaged and signing up for everything are the leaders. And truth is, people can lead at all different levels of engagement. And so that inspired the book. And really the book is about how as a, as a leader of a chapter or a business or whatever, you have to learn how to lead people based on the level of engagement they bring to a situation. So that's really what the book's about. Awesome. Now you just mentioned top third and I've read the book, so I know what you're talking about, but can you go a little bit more into what the different thirds are and um, how you would identify them? 
Sure. So it's not about who are the good people or the bad people in an organization it has nothing to do with that. It's all about the level of engagement that people bring to it. Let's, it, let's just for, for uh, purposes of this discussion, talk about a chapter. Okay. So a PSE chapter, you're going to have those people who we call top third, who are super engaged. This is the thing that they really care the most about. They show up to everything. They run for office. These are the people whose main thing they do outside of academics, sometimes <laughs> more than their academics, is, is the organization, right? These are the people who are the backbone of the organization. They are the rocket fuel. They're the ones who make everything happen. They're also the ones who can be kind of intense. Then you have your middle third people. Your middle third people are your people in your chapter or your organization who, are, who care about the organization, really like the members. They have a lot of friends there. They want the organization to, to succeed. But it's one of many different things that they're juggling that have equal priority for them. So a middle third member is somebody who can totally show up to the meeting and be great and be really into it. But then the next three nights they're doing other things because their life is complex and they have other things that they're trying to juggle in uh, to the mix, Right. Um, and when your chapter wants them to be there, you know, six nights a week, that's when they start having problems because they can't handle the relationship or their job or whatever all the other priorities in their life are. Bottom third people are those people who, for whatever reason, legitimate or illegitimate, have just pulled away. Um, maybe they were involved at a really high level at one time, but now they're just not really into it. Maybe their life has changed. Um, perhaps they don't really need to socialize with the group as much because they've turned 21. There's, there's a lot of different reasons why people pull back. Um, sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's they've had it. I would imagine in a PSE chapter, you might have someone who just makes a total change of heart about what they want to do for a living. Um, maybe they want to go to law school. So now they don't see as much need for PSE in their life. Um, that kind of thing. So at any given time, you have these three levels of engagement coexisting in your chapter or in any organization. And part of what I try to challenge uh, leaders, thoughtful leaders to do is to try to understand that people are motivated by different things based on their engagement. And if you're going to be a smart leader, you have to take that into consideration as you approach any challenge in your chapter. Definitely. So did you have experiences like this when you were in school or in the workplace where you found yourself in organizations where the middle just wasn't motivated? Sure. And I think sometimes there's a couple reasons why that happens. One can be because the top third people start thinking everybody's motivated by the same things that motivate them. So they're doing the six nights a week thing. They're, they're, they're very, very demanding on their members, that kind of thing. So yeah, I've, I've totally seen that. I've seen, I've visited many chapters, not of PSC, but of all different kinds of organizations where you have a very committed core group of top third leaders who don't understand why nobody will follow them, why nobody wants to show up. And it's because they're thinking about what motivates them as top third members and not making it reasonable for the other people, right? So, um, yeah, I've, 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 I've had so many experiences in my life where I've seen this happen. When I was in college, I was definitely a top third leader in my fraternity uh, at the student newspaper where I also invested a lot of time and energy. But then at my job, I was so exhausted, I was probably middle or bottom third. I mean, if you really start looking at your life and your different groups that you engage with, you realize there's some things where you're very top third, you're highly engaged, you care very deeply. And then there's some others where, you know, you're part of it, you care about it, but you're not going to put a whole lot into it. So um, that's pretty normal, right? I think that if we all start examining our life, we'll realize that we might be top third in PSC, but when it comes to working out on a regular basis, we're bottom third. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. Definitely can attest to that one. For yeah. <laughs> you definitely make time for the things that matter to you. And my point is that just because a leader listening to this podcast might be very top third and highly committed to their PSC chapter, that doesn't mean that every single other person in the chapter is going to be the same way. And that's okay. 
That's really the, that's really what I try to leave the reader with of the book is it, that's okay. It, not everybody can be top third. We, the, the object of the game is not to convert everybody into top third members. The object of the game is to make your organization one where people at all different levels of engagement can feel welcome and can feel like they get value. Awesome. And I know that when you're writing this book and when I was reading this book, you can really relate it not just to Greek organizations, to truly your workplace and everything like that. Is there anything you see top third people do that just makes you cringe? That it's just like, why are you doing that? Sure. You know, it's funny. On your first point, the the number of organizations outside of higher education that have used this book always makes me laugh. Every summer, I get a huge order for the books from the Texas Right to Life Committee, which I have no connection with whatsoever. And I probably... (laughs) I probably don't even like politically agree with them, but, it, but the fact, but they use the book and they, and they order like a hundred every year and they must use it at some leadership thing they do and God love them. They're great customers. And so um, I've had companies buy the book, all kinds of things. I should have written a corporate version years ago, but I'm, I just, I have, I guess I need somebody to donate to a dog charity for me to do that. But um, <laughs> on your, on your second point, you asked about, have I seen things that have made me cringe? Yeah. I think the biggest one that makes me cringe is when you see top third people, who plan an event or something, and then they they say they'll say something like, "Well, nobody showed up. I told them where what time it was. I, to- I told them they had to come." There's this idea that we do all the work, and then other people are just supposed to show up and be invested in the success of an event. Um, you'll hear people say, "Oh, you know, well, we invited these people to come and, and participate, but they didn't they didn't include them in the creation of the event." Right? It's it's such a common pothole for top third members that they do all the work and then they're, then they're, they're mind boggled that nobody showed up and got excited about it. You have to give more people ownership, more people bring more people to the table at the very beginning. If you want there to be a sense of ownership and, and, and a real motivation for people to show up and care about an event. So that's, that's probably the big one. The idea that top third members think they can do it all themselves. Definitely. So what looking at, an everyday PSC chapter, what small actions do you think a PSC chapter can do to better themselves when it comes to motivating the middle? Well, one thing I think is important to realize is that college students are changing a lot during their time, those three, four, five years that they're in college. So what motivates an 18-year-old freshman to join a PSE chapter might be very different than the reason a senior shows up to an event. So I think one thing that's really important is that we, we're, we're conscious of the fact that as people are evolving through their college experience, they're motivated by different things. And it is perfectly natural for seniors to be thinking about what's going to happen after college and, and to be, you know, getting more serious perhaps about romantic relationships in their life or whatever, you know, there's people are in different places. And so we, we need to be more tolerant of that. We need to be more understanding of that. When the, when the senior shows up who hasn't been to the last three meetings and they show up to the fourth meeting, instead of giving them a hard time about that or, or, throwing them shade, you know, the, a much better option would be to embrace them and say, hey, we've missed you. What's going on? How can we make this PSC experience more valuable for you? What, what is missing? And, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of that, that senior looks around and all the people that he or she has enjoyed for the last three, four years, they're gone. And they look around and they see all these freshmen and sophomores, and it's just not the same group that they joined. Uh, not the same group that they invested in for the previous two or three years. And so that's a really normal thing. And we need to be okay with that. And we need to meet our members where they are and try to give them a good experience, regardless of what level they choose to engage with. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's a great message, and I obviously love you and everything that, like, every time that you're at in our events, um, always come away with a lot of people on surveys saying, bring him back, and how can we get a hold of him, and how can we have him speak at our chapter? So um, if someone would like to maybe get your book or have you speak, where can they find you? Sure. So um, one thing I want to say real quick is that, you know, PSC students tend to be like these really motivated students. I mean, it's kind of like more than any other group I've been to. So I think this message is really important because the, these top leaders of PSC are so energized. They need to understand that they need to meet those members and other people where they are. And I think that's, I think that's why it's been so, so popular at PSC events, because it, when you read the book, you realize, God, they're not the problem. I'm the problem. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this intelligently. And I think that's why year after year, the PSC students have really, really enjoyed the message because it makes them slow down and, and think. And I think that's really good. Um, motivating the middle, find it on Amazon, super easy. Um, if anybody wants to uh, you know, buy a, a bulk of them to, to study as a chapter or whatever, they can just go to tjsullivan.com and it's all there. Um, in terms of speaking, uh, I'm a partner in a company called For College for Life. And that's just for college for life, all run together.com. Uh, and you can find me there. Well, TJ, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. But before we close, we do want to ask what through your um, relationship with PSC and everything, why is Pi Sigma Epsilon your business business advantage for life? Wow, you, you didn't warn me for this question coming. but uh, <laughs> Got to keep you on your toes. <laughs> I tell you, you know, here's the thing. I think that um, I'm a person who has made his living being a public speaker, and I realize that there's a lot of people out there who that is not a natural talent. There's a lot of people who would, who would rather jump off a bridge attached to a bungee cord than, than get up in front of people and speak for two minutes. So um, I think one of the best things I've been impressed with with PSE is that the student members I've met have always been very conscious of how they communicate, the way they communicate, whether it's selling a product or getting people to join the organization or, or just being good, active citizens. I think PSC is a great place to practice that. That's the thing, you know, speaking in front of people and, and being a leader up in the front of the room gets a lot less scary the more you practice. And I think PSC, um, whether in formal things like your, um, oh God, help me, Kristen, what's the name of it? The, the sale competition. The Pro-Am Salathon. Thank you. I couldn't, I couldn't access that off the top of my head. <laughs> Whether it's formally participating in that or, or just getting up and speaking to something you care about in your chapter meeting, uh, PSC really gives people a chance to, to practice it and make it less scary. And I tell you what, these, someone told me a long time ago that if you know how to communicate an idea to people, you will never starve. And I believe that PSC students are, are a shining example of that. So. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time and um, hopefully can get you to an event really soon and get you in front of more students because truly everyone loves you. I've never been to the convention. I'm just saying. Consider this my plug for <laughs> invitation for a convention because I hear PSC students are a lot of fun at conventions. So, um, <laughs> Oh yes, we are. <laughs> I definitely need to experience that. So thank you so much for uh, having me on today. Yeah, thank you, and we'll see you later. Okay, thanks. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.